I don't remember exactly what I said, but I blew up. I'm sitting in the car in the passenger seat and I'd been like looking at my phone, you know, scrolling. And I looked up about the time I saw Anne grab the kids' hands. And I was watching for a second. I was like, uh oh, like this is, I could tell instantly things were not okay. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex love, marriage, ex marriage, divorce, ex divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. We're back. Hi, guys. <laughs> Did you miss Gather us? Gather round. I'm sure they missed you too. They heard a little bit from me, which Steve didn't even realize. I did not. I didn't know you had done episodes. <laughs> we were out to dinner tonight Sneaky. for my mom's birthday. And Steve was like, what? We did what? some episodes? Episodes <laughs> dropped? Well, you were talking about something you said on one of the episodes. And I was like, when did you ever say that, you liar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a liar. Okay. You didn't say that. Nope. It was just in the little, they were just little mini episodes. No, I need to go listen. Yeah. Well, one of them I talked about, so we just launched new products last week. If you haven't yet, go check them out. And one of them's about the little dudes and how that mm. originated with your family. Correct, Steve? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that was... That started as your family's thing. <laughs> yeah, and wasn't it, it a Lego dude or it something? It was a little Lego dude, like a 1970s Lego dude that just got moved around the house. Well, randomly. they haven't changed. This, the 1970s Lego dudes look exactly No, he was a lot bigger back then. And he had like really oh, long really? skinny legs. He changed. Oh, what? weird. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't Lego. Maybe he was something else. Fake Lego. And yeah, then you I and I know. started doing that when we were married. Sometime mm-hmm. during our marriage, we had one. Doing what? <laughs> we had the little guy so it's just explain yourself <laughs> <laughs> we were married Matt <laughs> continue what did we have in I think I made a clay guy a little clay guy oh yeah you did I think clay. we started making clay little clay little yes he has a Facebook page <laughs> somebody what if my cousin started a Brittany Facebook made a page Facebook for page him page for him clay little yeah <laughs> who has that Facebook page uh, I think it's just out there now we'll look it, it, up. it was you think it was Brittany that started it yeah i didn't know which cousin started so. it but but uh one of them did penny and i have one now it's a little metal elephant oh cute we found it the other day like a week ago uh-huh. i found it in a weird spot but we hadn't seen it in probably eight months yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the so, funny thing about this game is sometimes it'll go on and you'll find it likely. like daily and other times you don't see it for months at a time yeah that's and fun. So then I hit it somewhere and Penny immediately found it like 20 seconds later. <laughs> you know, she hides it. It takes me eight months. I hide it. It took her 20 seconds. But then she, it was her turn, you know, then she had to go hide it. So I go to crawl into bed and it's sitting, <laughs> sitting on my bed. <laughs> she hadn't even attempted to hide it. She literally just set it on my <laughs> mattress Just, she wanted you to find it faster. i guess so she's like i want to find this again yeah, i'm not gonna wait around for him i want to keep yeah. playing this game <laughs> so yeah so if you go to our website we have and just until friday you can get a deal on them i have made a whole bunch of little clay dudes that you can pick up we have gnomes and we have 
little Among Us figurines. They're freaking cute. I just because, saw the ones. Did you Penny. See yeah. <laughs> because Among Us is such a big deal right now. And because Penny's a... Oh, is everyone obsessed with them? Oh, it's oh, like okay. the biggest game yeah. in the world right now. Oh. So, I didn't know that. I just thought it was Penny. <laughs> I didn't either. And then our kids, like I started talking to somebody about it and they're like, oh yeah, it's huge. Mm. It's like, oh. So we made Among Us and the girls and I made them together and it was super fun. So we've got those and we've got stickers. I just showed Steve the stickers. He hadn't seen those yet. Yeah, they're cool. They've been for sale for I a week now. I want to put one on my car. You can put one on your car. A husband-in-law bumper you, sticker. You have to pay for it though. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I already do that? Yeah, yeah you uh, did. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, those are fun. Wait till our faces come out. Then you put your face on your on your car. Sweet. Yeah, I really wanted <laughs> stickers to find with our in the face. parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go check it out. Pick stuff up. We do have a sale running through Friday and uh, then they will all be regular price. But right now for the little dudes and t-shirts, I think it's just those little dudes and t-shirts that are buy one, get one 50% off. So yeah. And free shipping. The dudes are little t-shirts are normal sized. That's right. They yes. are normal sized. <laughs> we did not pressure you clarify. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for clarifying, yep. Steve. Yeah. Oh, and then tomorrow night I have a girls only live lesson. And we're going to be talking about reclaiming your sense of self, but there are also going to be prizes and what kind of prizes? Ooh, maybe I want to try. You're not a girl. Oh. Not invited. Okay. <laughs> I actually wouldn't shun you if you came. You, you're more than welcome. And if there are gentlemen that are like, I want on, I don't care either. But <laughs> we're talking about reclaiming your sense of self. There are going to be prizes. And we are also going to share winter favorite things. So if you have something this winter that you're loving or like a gift that you're giving, share it with us when you come to our live <laughs> lesson tomorrow. Steve hates winter. True. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Central Time. It's free. Go sign up. Link is in our uh, show notes. There you go. There you go. There's all the updates. Steve and Matt haven't heard all this, so that's really who I'm updating now. Yeah, I'm trying to process it all. They've been a little MIA lately. It's true. Matt did start writing some of the descriptions on our website. (laughs) and In my free time. They're pretty awesome. So I need him to go in and continue. By the time this airs, maybe we'll have a few more of them done, but I'm not good at that. Matt's good at writing stuff. (laughs) One of our stickers looks like the insides of a giant jawbreaker. Like you know how oh. it has layers and layers and layers. I see it. Anyways, it's the it, BB BB logo sticker. that I use. And I like it totally it. reminds me of the insides of a jawbreaker. And I'm like, oh, I remember that one time when I tried to lick the whole giant jawbreaker. He and tried to be bold you, and lick it to the were center. Were you one of those that like kept a jawbreaker for like eight weeks? Yeah, sitting I was. on your dresser. I'm obviously not the only one. Gross. It reminds me of my cousin Kindle every time I see those. Licking yeah, it was those sitting with next to my bed the whole like for like weeks. Did you lick it until your tongue bled? No, uh, no. What? Uh, but it hurt. Like your cousin did that. Oh yeah. Tell it bled. That's awful. Kindle and I did that several times. Like it just gets so raw from licking the stupid jawbreaker. Oh. Wow. Well, I do know <laughs> when to say when. Well, I I don't <laughs> apparently. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, you, yeah. Anyways, so that's yeah. what one of our stickers looks like. <laughs> it's it's like, the one I designed. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, I want to. Re- I want to read a review. 
Oh, Matt wants to read a review. Go for it, yeah. babe. What were you going to say? I, sorry, I interrupted you. I have no idea. Cool. I'm going to read a review. <laughs> One of, well, first of all, we've gotten a ton of, re- well. More than usual. More than usual. We've gotten a lot of reviews and we thank you for that because it totally helps us out in figuring out what you want to listen, what more you want to hear about. And yeah. It also. It gives me motivation. I was going to say, it really motivates us to keep going because it's great to, I mean, I feel like we connect with you guys. Like we get that feedback, but not very often. And so when we hear it, it's really exciting to, Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to connect. Yeah. This one, it says, get ready to cry. I've never laughed, cried, and felt so invested in strangers' lives like I have with this podcast. Might be a tad biased because I'm from Boise. But these individuals really know how to be raw and real in the mission of helping others. I've shared what I've learned with so many people, even strangers in line at a store, and wish all Latter-day Saints would listen and be changed too. Also sending all the good dating vibes I have to Steve's new relationship. Wah, wah. (laughs) Thank you. But we'll put those vibes towards my next relationship. (laughs) When I, so I posted this in our Instagram stories. So that was a great review. I loved that review. It was. And Steve's referencing the last line of that because he has since moved on. Yeah. Didn't didn't work out. (laughs) Which is how it goes. I appreciate Who is this? Who's the, we don't know. Well, what's their reviewer Uh, name? Kay Longson. I so appreciate the good vibes, Kay yeah. Longson. Yeah. And Boise's the best. Yeah. When we posted this review on Instagram in our story, somebody messaged me like instantly and they're like, I'm behind. What's going on with Steve's boyfriend? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> I'm like, well. <laughs> I'm going to read one more because I really like this one and I, it just came in. The title is Just What I Needed. I relate to your story on so many levels and can't even express how healing it has been to listen. I'm in a very difficult time right now, and it is difficult to stay positive, but your show gives me hope. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and putting your story out there. I hope you know what a difference you're making. Mm, That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that just came in today. Thanks. Sweet. Thank you. So I do, I, I admitted a couple weeks ago when you guys weren't recording that it is my goal to try and get us to 200 reviews by the end of the year. And so, yeah, we would love it if you would rate and review. It really means a lot to us personally. It means a lot to those who are looking for us. It helps people find us. So please, if you're enjoying, go help us reach that goal. We would love it. Yep. All right. So we left you guys on a cliffhanger the last time the three of us recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's like gearing up for this yeah, topic. Like <laughs> He's stretching out, stretching out, getting getting ready. Well, it's not even a topic; it's just part of our story. No, it's just our story. Just, That's what I mean. Yeah, the cliffhanger was basically what led up to the restraining order. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. What led up to the fact that I had to retain a criminal defense attorney, yeah. and what led up to the fact that at the same time I'm retaining a criminal defense attorney. I'm also retaining a family law attorney. And it's like. Yeah, we had two attorneys there for a while. What the heck? Like, what what has my life come to? Like, to retain two attorneys at the same time? Like, I don't want to be in that position. Anyway. Yeah. So to recap just a little bit, Anne had moved out of her house 
and was living in an apartment that we helped get her in and stuff. And then things started getting rocky during that time. So when she was living on her own and she's trying to decide where the kids are going to school and switching all the plans there and, and you know, there were issues there. But then unbeknownst to us, she moved back in with her husband, which is yeah. fine. And a few weeks later, like we had, we knew within a few weeks and Matt was picking up the kids there. And during this summer, because it was summertime, I remember there were times like she was upset that the kids were home with me during the days when Matt yeah. was at work. Like that was an issue. And so then Matt was trying to work from home as much as he could. And like just doesn't. She kept accusing Matt of lying about the fact that he had been work? home during the day and does work. So, yes. But where does she want the kids to be? I don't know. And she had, I mean, she has like a little bit different schedule when she's working, whatever. And so she was just gone like in the mornings usually. So, I mean, no. she could she have taken them, them be, during the day. But I, that was but my question was if she wanted I don't them know, to be with her instead of But it, it was becoming a big deal. And there was a lot of accusations that Matt was lying about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, what am I, I yeah. What am I lying about? Yeah. Like, what were the accusations? What were you supposedly that lying He was about? lying about whether he was home or not during the day. Which, that was one of the things that she was really upset that's, about. That's not even something I needed, like, even discuss. Like, the, the time that the kids are with me, like, they're with me. It's my time. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if I do have to work, which we all have it's to work. work. Yeah, and under what circumstances does someone expect right. their co-parent to stop working when they have their kids? Like and This is also at the time right before this where she practical. told us she wanted more money. So mm-hmm. it's like if you want the money, like somebody has to be working too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, this weird juxtaposition and, and it caused a lot of tension. Like things were so, so, so tense. And... When she moved back in with Jack, it definitely like spiked. Like yeah. things just got nuts. Between so, all of y'all. Yeah. Like it was just walking on. Well, and before, the, so basically it was <laughs> one, I felt, I felt a little bit betrayed again. The fact that here is somebody who I have children with who can't be straight up honest with me about, hey, I'm moving back in with my estranged husband. Like, I'm moving back into a into a home where I blatantly, when I moved out of that home, I was in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I needed to be hid at a hotel so that he didn't know where I was. And so obviously, like, she's hiding this from me, that she's moving back into his home. Why do you think she hid it? Because she, we don't know. Because she probably knew that I, I wouldn't have been okay. Like mm-hmm. it was six months prior that she was again fearing for her life or fearing for something, her safety. Safety, yeah. her safety that she didn't want him to even know where she was staying. Like that's a huge. Like that's that's a huge thing to go within six months. That's not very long of. Going in from that state to, oh, I'm moving back in. We're going to work some things out. So, and so I was told none of this. And so when she moved back well, in. Yeah, go ahead. Steve. I just want to pose the question then. What, what do you think? When it comes to disclosing to your co-parent who you're dating slash living with, what's the, what's the norm there? What's the, the other, expectation? 
the expectation is this. The other parent should know where their kids are staying every uh, single night. I, I agree. If I'm that other parent. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The other, the other parent should know exactly where your kids are mm-hmm. at all times. Like I, not, I mean, not not to an extent of being like, oh, at this time. I didn't think about here. this, but that means they actually were, I mean, they moved into a different, they were at a different address than yeah. where yeah. you thought they were. Yeah. Not just whose presence are they in, but actually physical location of where where are they calling home. But even like I think about you and I, Steve, like I can't imagine you taking Penny and like spending the night at somebody else's house right. and not not knowing. Not me not knowing. Like you would address that in some way or whatever. And it might be the next morning or whatever, but there would still be probably a conversation about that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing about? I'm just laughing about that circumstance. That's, I, yeah, and that's that never, never happened, never That would right? never happen. It's never happened. I know. And so it's just like weird thinking about that not I mean, knowing it, where our daughter would be. Yeah. It's never been something a, that potentially happened. Potentially it could happen. You're right. There are it circumstances could. that that could happen. But that's my reality. But yeah. That's my reality of like, I honestly, like, I don't know. Like, even tonight, where are they going to be staying? I have kind of an idea, which right now, kind of spoiler alert, like, anyways. <laughs> Wait, you don't know where they are right now? We don't know whose house they're going to be staying at. We don't know where they're going to stay on any given night. Why? Like, what are, you know well, what the options are? Yes, we, well, Cur- in general. So, we'll get into that later. Okay. But, yeah, because <laughs> I'm confused. Well, well, they don't live together anymore again. Oh, okay. And they're supposedly that. divorced. And but they still stay the night there all the time. Okay. So I don't. We don't know what's going on. Which is their own business. But at the same time, it's like I should know where. Also, my kids your are. You should know where your kids are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so yeah. So leading up to this, like she moves back in with Jack, unbeknownst to me. And then you know. And so the week, yeah. Okay. So leading back up, the the week that my kids are with her, because at this point it's week on week off. Mm-hmm. I, you know, hand my kids over to her thinking that they're going to be staying at the apartment that she's currently supposedly living in, right? In my knowledge is she's living there. Well, the next Sunday when I get the kids, she finally lets me know, hey, by the way, I've moved back in with Jack. You're going to have to pick up the kids at this location, at his house. Where they used to live. And I I was super confusing, like, what? Okay, I'll pick them up there. But I was really uncomfortable picking them up there. Like, I don't, one, I don't know how much Jack knows of me helping her get out of the situation where she didn't feel safe. And so that's kind of an Which awkward. Which puts you in an awkward situation of. It is an awkward situation. of uh, who, what, are, what are his thoughts What are his thoughts it? and feelings towards me? Like, is there a complete resentment? Um, is he going to view you as you were trying to keep her from me? Right. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, at this point, we were transitioning our children where it was convenient. Like, if it was convenient for me to pick up the kids at her home, or if it was convenient for her to pick up the kids at my home, like, that was at a given time yeah. on Sundays, that's, that's when it happened. And this particular time, on a Sunday, I was going to pick up my kids from their mom. At... Jack's home. At Jack's home. Was it on Sunday or was it on a Saturday? Because I think it was on Saturdays because they would 
come to church with us. I think it was on Saturdays at that point. It was a little bit different schedule than, than it is now. There was a different yeah. pick up and drop off time. But so I think it was Saturday that we were going there to pick him up. Yeah, so it was, it was Saturday late afternoon. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, let's not get get into the details. But well, it it does in the sense of because the next day, that's like I had a lot of help in the bishop's office, Mm. and I I do remember that. So on a Saturday, here's what goes down. Right, we traveled together. Luckily, I was together there with my wife picking up the kids, and I show up. I drive up into the driveway, just like I always did, and I went and knocked on the door and to go grab my kids because I was excited to see them. And I hadn't, I hadn't come to Jack's house to pick up my kids for six months. And this was the first time in six months that I had come to pick up my kids from this home. And I knock on the door and... Jack invites you in to eat dinner with them. Yeah, <laughs> Hey, have you had dinner? Like, Do you want to come eat some spaghetti? Yeah. Yep. I remember what they were eating. <laughs> so I go in. I said, no, I, I, I just ate. We're, we're good. Let's Thanks, go. though. I'm just here to pick up the kids. And this is when Anne approached me and said, well, if the kids are in Jessica's care while you're at work, then I'm not going to allow the children to go home with you. At this time. And I said, excuse me? What do you mean? Like, this is, it's my week. Like, I can. It's not, I just, still, not just something you get to, to say. Right. Yeah. And so I was just like, no, the kids are coming with me. And. Nan said, and you continued, hey, kids, get your stuff and let's go. Yeah. Hey, get your stuff. Let's go. And I started out the door because I didn't want to be in the house anymore. Like, no. I'm, I'm out. So I go out front and. We continue the conversation out front in their front driveway. And the kids are out there. And I kind of, you know, have corralled the kids. Like, Come on, let's just get in the car. Let's go. You can't, like, you can't do this. And that's when she grabbed both of the kids by the arms and said, what? Well, and she kept saying, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. And you're like, we're not going to do this in right front of the kids. Of the like, kids. this isn't appropriate time. We can talk about this later. And then she grabbed them. By the hands and said, they're not leaving. They're not leaving. And this is in their driveway. And I said, and I was, but this time, like any time a parent feels as though they aren't going to have their kids, that, mm-hmm. that's an angry parent. Mm-hmm. Like I was not happy. Yeah. Tensions will be high. And I, so I was like, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said, but I blew up. <laughs> I'm sitting in the car in the passenger seat and I'd been like looking at my phone, you know, scrolling. And I looked up about the time I saw Anne grab the kid's hands. And I was watching for a second. I was like, oh, like this is, I could tell instantly things were not okay, which I was worried about anyways, because things had been so tense. Because this was the first time we were picking up the kids. Yes. In six months. And so I got out of the car at that point when I started seeing you start to get mad. Like I knew you were... Like, I was fired up. Yeah. <laughs> She's keeping my kids from me. I'm here yeah. to pick up my kids. It's my, it's my freaking time and the kids, with my kids. The kids are both standing there bawling at this point. It's ridiculous. And Matt and Ann are yelling at each other. And she's just dragging them. And it was horrible. 
And so I got out and went over there and was like, this, we need to calm down. Like, this isn't okay. This, like, (laughs) trying to get to bring the situation down a little bit, but it was gone. So what happened? So I, in my anger, I yelled. I said, there's no way that you can't keep my kids from me. You're breaking the law. You can't do this. And I was, you know, I was not happy. Like I was having this yelling, like right, mm-hmm. right there. She's there in my face. Like they were like a couple feet apart. Yeah. We can't do this. Two, three feet. And at that time, she then turned around and pushed the kids into their home away from me. And then, and Matt, you walked behind her. Like you were I was following behind her. her. Because I wanted my kids. Like, I was following mm-hmm. my kids because I needed my kids. Like, it was my time. Mm-hmm. She pushed the kids into, the, into house. the house. And then she starts closing the door. And that's when I put my arm in there and I said, my, the kids are coming with me. And he put it, like, on the door. Yeah. It wasn't like he was going out or anything. <laughs> and I grabbed his other arm at that point. I said, we need to go. Because he's on the porch. Jack had like walked up to kind of see what was going on and the other kids and and shutting the door. And I was like, we need to leave this property right now. Like, this is not okay. This isn't okay for your kids. We are getting in the car and leaving. I don't care if we just drive across the street or whatever, but we are not staying on this property. You need to get in the car. And um, I complied. You did. Yeah. You got in the car. <laughs> like I'm, I'm out of here. Like, and so like, I'm sitting here trying to figure out like, what do I do? Like, where'd you go? Did you leave or just I went sat in the car? I went right across the street there's, to the church parking there's lot. There's a church right across the street in LDS Church, and we went and sat in the parking lot. Okay. sat in the parking lot, and I contemplated, like, what do I do? And so we called the cops. So I, I felt as though... I was going to say, what else do you do? I called the cops. You have a legal right to be picking up your children at that yeah. time. So I called the police, and the police officer shows up, asked me exactly what happened. I told him the story. He said, okay, let me wait for my partner to get here, and we're going to go in and get their side of the story and figure that out what try and figure out what really happened because they're getting my side of the story let's go get her side of the story so i remember they they showed up they got my side of the story it was probably like 10 minutes in the church parking lot where i told them hey this is what happened and then they proceeded across the street and went into ann's home that's where they were for the next about hour I don't think it was that long. It felt like it was. It felt like a long time, but I think it was probably 30 minutes. It felt like a long, long time. And I'm, it it was interesting because I do remember this detail that as the police officers were talking to me in the parking lot, I think she came outside for some reason and she had changed her clothes. She had cleaned herself up. She was trying to present herself as completely put together before the police came into her home. And I thought that was odd. And I'm like, what, like, what is it that you're trying to cover up? It was weird. And so the, the police officers go in, they do an interview. They do an interview with the kids half hour to an hour later, they come back out. This was the weird thing. This is when we realized something was wrong is they came up to me when they came out yeah, and said, we need to talk to you. And pulled me aside separately. Split us up. Split us up. 
And they were asking me, okay, what happened? Tell us the story. So I told them everything that happened. And they said, okay, so there was no violence. Like he didn't touch her. I said, no, he did not lay a finger on her. Like he would never, I don't care how mad he is. He's, he wouldn't do that. No, it's not me. It's not Matt. And I, and they're like, okay, well, she is saying that this happened. And they tell me what happened. Telling me what Anne said happened. And she was saying that Matt assaulted her and that he had chest bumped her eight times in the driveway and then tried to get her, like grab her when she went into the house. And I was like, none of this happened. Like this did not happen. I was standing right there. It did not happen. And so they're like, okay, okay. And then they take Matt separately and talk to him for a while. Exact same interview questions, basically. What happened again? What are you feeling at this point, Matt? I'm just telling the truth. I don't know. I haven't dealt with the police officers like this before. I'm fully just saying, disclosing exactly what happened, how it happened, why I'm there. I need my children. And and at this point they said, okay, show me, show me the divorce decree, show me the the schedule of the kids so we can figure out who the children need to be with. That's what I was wondering is like and if you're a cop in this scenario, what are you going off of? You're you're going off the divorce decree and you're trying to figure out all right. But who has that with them? <laughs> well, I had it we on, have my it on phone. our phones. I had it on my phone okay. and I and I showed them and the decree was actually a little different than what the schedule was. If I can give you any advice right now, stick to what the decree says to a T. If you are dealing with a potential high conflict ex-spouse. Because we had switched it without switching what it said in the, Mm. without modifying it. So you didn't have. So we didn't have. We were going week to week and we had changed it from this very complex, complicated schedule of Sunday, Monday, now she has them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I get them every other Friday kind of a, a scenario, which <laughs> watching the police officers decipher through that was like, wait, I don't even get this. This is weird. <laughs> like, I just like, trust me, it worked. Like, it used to work. <laughs> but they said, look, based on this, like. We can't we force can't, her to give them to you tonight. Yeah, we can't force her to give them. Mm. But what we have told her is that she needs to give them to you. Well. I, I don't want to spoil yet, but well, I guess I just have. <laughs> Anyways, the police officers decided that my story corroborated with Jessica's and that Anne's probably seemed a little far-fetched for what had actually happened because in talking with my defense attorney later, she was baffled the fact that I wasn't arrested. And taken to jail that night. Because wow. when there's a domestic violence charge with minors involved, like at the scene. Somebody goes to jail. Somebody goes to jail every single time. She's like, it's so rare that the person does not get taken to jail. And so she's like, obviously the cops did not believe her in that moment. Otherwise, you would have been in the cop car going been to jail. Yeah. Which that would have been the first time ever to- that I, like, anyways. Can you imagine how differently this would have gone had you not been there, Jessica? Oh, I know. It would have been so. I mean, what defense would you have had? None. None. I think the other thing that really got Matt's the fact that I, I mean, I'm his wife. 
So I'm not like the best witness, but at least Clearly our stories matched. And, yes, yeah. our stories matched enough that they were like, okay. And then I think the other thing was the fact that she said he chest bumped her eight times. Like that she specifically had a number of times he chest bumped her. And also, if you look at Matt, he's not a little, he's not a little boy. <laughs> if he laid his weight into somebody, they're going to go down, especially more than once. And so I think the cops were like, this doesn't really add up. Like, this doesn't make sense. She's holding her kids' hands and she doesn't go down. If she went down, she would have taken the kids. Like, anyways. Yeah. So there was at least that in our favor that night because you ended up with the domestic violence charge against, charge against him. Is it on your record? No. Like, that's was what it? he was accused of. Okay. At, in the beginning, he didn't. And so, like, that, yeah. So the police officers basically come to this conclusion, finally, it, it felt like eternity, that they came back over to me and they said, look, we can't, we can't make her give you the kids tonight because we can't tell what your custody agreement is. So here's what we've told her. She needs to give the kids back to you at a public, public location, whether it be the police department a fire um, station or something. Fast where, food restaurant, somewhere where there's people. Somewhere where it is, it is public. And that that is where she has agreed to, that she will hand the kids over. And based the on that- The next day at like six. Yeah. And based on that, you're, you're clear to go. And I'm just like, holy crap, what just happened? And at that point, Matt's dad was there. We had yeah. called Matt's dad at like at some point and he showed up, I think- I called I called my dad right after, right, right, right after, after the police officers went into her home. Yeah. And he showed up there like he was there with us. So yeah. that was nice that Matt's dad was there too. Yeah. So we we leave and Matt drove home with his dad. Like his dad's like, let me drive you home so we can chat a little bit and, and talk. And <laughs> this kills me every time I think about it. <laughs> I get home and I'm waiting for Matt to come home and he walks in the front door. And he just like crumbles into my arms, just yeah. sobbing. I've never seen Matt cry until this moment. And he just is like. As broken. Yes. And I've never seen somebody that broken like in my arms and especially this man that I love and care about. And it was so horrible and just like sent us into this fog for quite a while, but it sucked. That was such a crappy day. It was. Coming home from all of that and trying to process now this situation. We we thought we were doing what we needed to do because things had been pushed so far to this point where she's keeping the kids from us that how else are we supposed to deal with this besides get the police involved or get the courts involved? And then it just totally flipped around onto us. And Matt has had this domestic violence charge against him. Yeah. So she proceeded to go on full, full board with a domestic violence charge, stating that it, what, what had she had explained to the police officers she was saying happened, which it did not. And so, yeah, moving forward, like that next day, I was in the bishop's office trying to get counsel of like, hey, what do I do? Like, <laughs> Jerry? 
No, our poor we're bishop. We're in this ward. We oh. just and moved our, into our new home. Not oh, wow. only had we just moved in, we'd been there less than a month. Not only that, we had just gotten a new bishop that day. So this poor ah, this bishop, is his this is his first. first Sunday, and we call him that night, and we're like, "Hey, we need to talk to you. Like, we gotta." No, meet. like I need, I need to talk now. Yeah, like <laughs> right now. And Matt goes in there, and this guy doesn't know us. Like, we could be the ex-wife could be right. Like, yo, that poor guy. <laughs> but he's been so great. He was so good. What did so, he say? So bottom line, I mean, he's like, look, you got to be let, patient. Let's back up a little bit here. Okay. Why did you call your bishop about this? I was broken. I was completely broken of what to do. So why go to? Because he's my counselor. Like he is, he is what I truly believe. He has the stewardship over this area and where I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. And I truly believe that I can go into him and get counsel and he can be spiritually led to counsel me and, and say the things that I need to hear. Yes. Say the things that are going to help me figure out through my own feelings, thoughts, and actions of exactly what I need to do. And so that's why I went to my bishop. And he did. He, he guided me to, hey, he's like, look, we so happen to have a public defense attorney in our ward. Let me give you his number. Call and chat with him. So I did that night. I called him that night and I said, here's the situation. Here is what happened. And again, he said, dude, how are you not in jail right now? That is, this blows my mind. Wow. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I should consider myself lucky. And he gave me all of these numbers of, hey, here's a, a good defense attorney. Here's a good, you know, like, call this person, call this person. Like, you need to get an attorney right away. So, so I did. And, yeah, well, that's where that led us. Getting... I don't know how I didn't know all the details of this all this time. I knew very few details, actually. I think you probably knew them in the moment, but you've probably... Okay. There was so. there was so much going on during that time. I mean, it was a lot not only did, for anybody to take yeah, in. At this time, like not only are we battling back and forth of what schools my my kids are going to be going to. Like it's a constant battle. Like this is in the thick of it. Like mm -hmm. we didn't know like Well, and this where is the before are. school started. It, this did happen before school started. And anyways, it's there was already a family law attorney involved before all of this, but we hadn't served her with anything. And because we were trying to figure out, like, how do we get it so that our kids are enrolled in a school that they're going to be in this home where it's consistent? Mm -hmm. Anyways. Wow. So... So there's a lot of details. I'm like sure in the moment you knew more of the details, yeah, but probably. it was just for anybody to keep track of. And I think the only reason we remember them is because it was us. Secondly, <laughs> it was like so intense. Yeah. Like it was so intense. Yeah, that's and funny. even at this time. It sounds traumatizing, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> like Matt oh, yeah. and I were still working through our own crap. And I think this is when we really started to come together. Like this oh, yeah. is when things started to be solid. And Steve and I alluded to something before and I think we we didn't talk about it. I was like, no, save it till later because you and I never actually said it out loud. But what? 
the fact that even up until me moving into this house, I or living in this house, I had reached out to you about possibly leaving in living in your mm, my your duplex, your my, duplex, my rental, because we were still struggling that much. That there were some weeks I thought maybe maybe it's just better for Matt if I'm just not a part of this family. Like if I. I'm not here. Yeah. And so it was still at that point at this point that we're we're struggling. I mean, we were getting better all the time, like much better. But it was still all of this. And then like this hit and it forced us to really come together and depend on each other for yep. sure. So that's that's the good part that comes out of this whole next crazy drama. But this was just the night of like this is just one day where we're going through all of this stuff where you know, we're worried about going to pick up the kids at Jack and Ann's house. And next thing we know, we're at home without the kids. And Matt has a domestic violence charge against him. And we're having to get a defense attorney and all of these things. And it was so crazy. And just a whole new way of thinking that we never had been in before. Never thought about it. Because you don't think about it. Even come to this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, that. so do we want to get into the next day when we went to pick him up? Uh, Or is that... Next time. Have, let's let's end on this note. Had you moved into my rental unit? Do you remember <laughs> what we talked about? This was the plan if I moved into Steve's rental. <laughs> I, it, it had, you know, I had tenants, but I was like, hey, if you if you need it, I will give them notice and you can move in. And even better, we'll put a door. <laughs> this was mostly a joke, but also kind of serious. I was like, we'll put a door between Penny's two bedrooms in your house, her bedroom at your house, and her bedroom at my house, she and when it's back and forth, <laughs> and we could just be like, "Hey, Penny, I'm sending to, sending you to your mom's," and I could just close her bedroom door and lock it. <laughs> Bye. See ya. <laughs> yeah, but I really La- would have done it, that. Laugh it up, guys, because this is the first time I'm hearing it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't even know that this was discussed and an option. It wasn't really an option, though. It, I mean, it was in the back of my head of, hey, if I'm not helping, and at this point, my main concern was that I wasn't helping you. Like, Your main concern was you were hindering my relationship with my children. Yes. And you didn't want that. No, I, I did I, not. I recognize that. And that's still a concern that comes up sometimes that I worry about, but I think we've gotten to a place where we're good and we've figured out how to make it all work, but, um, and still learning, but we're getting better at it. But it was still just that fear of, I don't want to keep him from having a good relationship with his kids. I also don't want to be in a relationship that neither of us are really happy because you can't have a relationship with your kids because that's huge. Like you have to be able to have Mm -hmm. that relationship. Like we can't do anything about, like the kids are here. They're a part of us. And that's more important than anything else, even though our relationship is hugely important. You know what I mean? Got it. Thank you. <laughs> but at one point too, I I think I brought this up to you, and I was like, maybe I just need to go live somewhere else. The weeks you have your kids, and the weeks they're gone, I'm home. But we're like we're still together. That would just be weird. It would dumb. just be weird and dumb. It and was ridiculous. Brutal to have to brutal. Like imagine having to go to that extent in order to keep yes. pace with the co-parent. Like how ugh. horrible. Well, right there, it's like okay, fine. Co-parent wins. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's not it's not who you know, wins or who loses, but, but like collaborate together and understand like if you this, act this way, the only people who are losing are your children. Yeah. 
but that is the extreme of where we're at, that I was even considering these things or thinking about these ideas in my head of how to make this work. You know, this makes me wonder or just think about how many people something like this has happened to. Oh, yeah. And so how many few options you have to like if your co-parent says you don't get the kids and potentially like in a scenario like this brings a claim against you and you go to jail or you get a charge or you can't defend yourself yep. or you didn't have any witnesses and you lose custody or you yeah. or you just can't get your kids because they won't give them up and you don't have the means thousands to, of dollars yep. to have a, a, a lawyer like i just can't imagine how many people this a scenario like this it just absolutely it's, devastate it's and just ruin their trying, it is. like I ruin their to, ability to parent their children. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds awful. It was interesting when when I had gone into my counselor, one of the things I remember him saying, and I said, She's not allowing us to be parents or something like that. She's not giving us that opportunity. He's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You always have that ability because they're in your home. Like you get to choose how you parent and how you show up and yes there are things when, she's withholding in your home. there's yeah <laughs> there's things she's withholding from you but at the same time you can counteract those things like you can still be a parent you can still do what you feel is best for your kid to the extent that you can and I was like I, and that's something I've always kept in my mind is it's it's true and that's what I truly believe is we make we make the reality of what we have. We can't just keep putting excuses for why we're acting the way we are because somebody else is doing something. It does make it a lot harder when you're co-parenting. But well, anyways. Well, so, Matt, yeah. this all just just makes me think. Thank goodness. Thank goodness you got through this with your kids. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness Jessica was there to provide a, a witness testimony of, yeah. of all this. Thank goodness you didn't go to jail that night. Thank goodness you were in a position that you had resources available to point you to the right people to get you a defense attorney that you had the means to do so. Like right, yep, right. And that's the thing. Like I, I, we're gonna still continue to go through. Like, hey, this is what happened, mm -hmm. and kind of. It give, was a long, drawn out process. It was a long process, remember. and it was <laughs> it took a long time. Yeah, I, I don't think I put on my suit as many times as I did during that time of you know court oh, appearances court. and attorney appearances and, and all of that like anyway and the, well. and the reason like matt said before that we share this is because listen <laughs> stick to the schedule yep especially on your like you stick to the schedule even if the other parent isn't doing it you stick to the schedule as much as you can and enforce the boundaries like you have to enforce even the little boundaries because it sets a precedent of what people think they can get away with here's one one of the things that i wish i would have i wish i would have been more bold with her of saying hey it's not right it's not okay for you to tell me or not tell me where the kids are staying yeah like that's not okay and, and so i know that that conversation is difficult to open up to somebody like this because all of a sudden it is a battle. Yeah. It's a battle of, well, you do this and you do that and you do the blah, blah, blah. Like, and no one likes a confrontation. No. And, and, no. but those, these type of people do that on purpose so that they can get their way yeah. every single time. Well, and I think it goes back to that episode we did a long time ago with Lindsay Ellison of dealing with, and there's so many resources for dealing with high conflict spouses or exes and co parents or whatever of, 
that magic words book that she has, that once you learn how to talk to these people, once you learn how to communicate with in a high conflict situation, it really does help. So if you know you're in a high conflict situation, get help from the beginning, like figure out ways like to understand how to talk, how to engage this person in a way that is more effective because we have learned some of those things and it is way more effective and better Mm -hmm. for everybody. So there are resources out there to find, to utilize. So, but yes, also you do have to have hard conversations even when it sucks. And it's not about you. It's not about them or the ex or whatever, the high conflict co-parent. It's about the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about the kids and making sure that they are not stuck in the middle. And but it's like how do you do that when the co-parent is doesn't have that same it's mindset? It's extremely yeah. hard. Yep. So yeah. But it's boundaries. Putting yeah. up the boundaries and and sticking to your guns of hey, this is what we decided through the court of law. I gotta stick to those. Yeah. Yeah. Because one, I gotta protect myself, but first and foremost, I gotta protect those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the time that they have with me and the time that they have with their other parent. So to be continued. Yeah. Next week, you'll get more of the story. (laughs) Have a good week, y'all. See ya. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us this week. We are super excited to be back and we were grateful for the break. We are bringing our energy back and hopefully providing you with the best quality episodes that we can. Uh, To follow up on this week, I just wanted to remind you that I have two lessons coming up all about boundaries, and they really are key to helping you live a good life. The boundaries that you set, the way that you set them help you keep who you are and reclaim your sense of self while also helping you have better relationships with those around you. So if you are looking to keep or reclaim your sense of self, I would love for you to sign up for my lesson that is coming up tomorrow and also tomorrow's lesson. We are going to have giveaways. It's a girls night only. It will be fun, but we will also be talking about some great things, uh, specifically keeping and reclaiming your sense of self. And that is done through making and setting boundaries. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow. I will also be sharing some of my favorite winter things. And I hope that you will come and share some of yours as well. This will be very interactive and I hope you can make it. It is free. It is tomorrow at 7 central time. Also, and by tomorrow, I mean December 3rd. (laughs) I always forget to specify that. And then I do have one coming up December 10th. It will just be back to my regular live lesson. Although since it is December, I might throw in a couple freebies as well, some giveaways as well. And it will be all about setting bold boundaries. It is free and the link is also in our bio. I hope to see you there. I hope you are having a wonderful time and enjoying this winter holiday season. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate your support. And if you haven't yet, go leave us a rating and review and help us get to that 200 number by the end of the year. We would super appreciate your love and support. Take care. Hey, everyone. For the takeaway this week, we just wanted to really let you guys know that it is so important to love yourselves. We change. Our bodies change. Things change. And so we got to learn to love ourselves in a new way, no matter what phase of life. And don't let anybody tell you where you should be at or what you should be doing. You pay attention to what feels right for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go share it on social media. Take a screenshot, tag husband-in-law. And if you have a question, go to Apple Podcasts and put a rating and review and write the question in the review. We will be sure to answer it for you. 